So Mark, we last two times that we talked, we've talked about quantum computing and quantum random number generation, but I'd like to ask you a question. So what? We've talked about all this stuff. Yeah. It's utterly fascinating. Tell me, Mark, why do we care? Well, the reason we care, and when we talked about quantum computing, we talked about these really hard problems that are going to be able to be solved. So let's pretend that we can solve an optimization problem, right? Um, if we could do that, then how would I apply this to logistics or hotel reservations or what have what have you? Uh, I do know of one uh, telecommunications company that looks at how does it optimize data and call routing through its network. What if I added more routers in Detroit? Does that actually give me better performance than adding two in Tallahassee and one in Reno? What's the optimal routing of traffic and so forth? And so were you able to do that? There's estimates that somewhere between 30 to 40% additional network bandwidth could be realized. And if you're in the telco world, holy shnikes, that's, that's free money. So um, the idea is that if I can go out and uh, get a quantum computer to solve these optimization problems for me, my business is going to run that much better. The other thing, though, we talked about if quantum computers can crack asymmetric encryption, then this changes everything from a security point of view. And so that has huge impacts. By the way, this is the only time in IT history I'm aware of where we're working diligently on the solution before the problem has even emerged. So there are quantum computers, but they are not quantum computers that can actually uh, undelete your browser history, right? We're not, we're not to that level yet, right? Look for uh, real random number generators to be on your phone. Yeah, it's not going to hugely impact our lives that much at that level. But I do think the applications that are going to start being distributed and the encryption that is going to be used by our phones and the types of problems that we're going to be able to solve is going to be huge. We're seeing bizarre markets. I mentioned entropy as a service. Mm -hmm. Quantum computing as a service is another industry. There's a company out there that you can rent time on a quantum computer. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, the, the your, your billing is, is in milliseconds, right? So, I mean, this is awesome. This is pretty wild. I'm just sitting here thinking about all the different use cases for optimization from race cars and the aerodynamic treatment that they use to comply both with the rules, but also to get the optimum downforce or the least resistance or whichever the intersection of those two things is for them that equals speed. And I like the idea also that this shows so much promise that we don't even know what the promise holds, you know, uh, of like, oh, well, let's build it and then we'll figure something out, which is... Uh, I wonder how much innovation actually occurs that way. You know, I never thought about reading before bed until I had an electric light. So uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll start to see another industry emerge. Well, and the plot of every good sci-fi movie, right? <laughs> We've got a technology. Luckily, we know it's only going to be used for good, right? <laughs> so what did someone say? The plot of every good sci-fi movie starts with the government not believing a scientist, right? So uh, there, there, there is an interesting uh, uh, story that's going to unfold probably over the next 30 to 50 years. Uh, early days on quantum computing, early exciting pioneering days on that. So look for this. It is coming. It is real. It's not all smoke and mirrors. There may be a little bit of dark fiber. <laughs> Boy, Mark, this is pretty cool stuff. Thanks a lot for educating me today. I appreciate it. 